What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to the scorecard, the boxing scorecard, where I ask people to bring your scorecard and an explanation, not just simply your opinion. Last night, uh, we had a not-so-competitive match. Um, wasn't even a need for a scorecard. It was more of a stay-busy fight with uh, Jaime Monguia versus Gonzalo Cor Coria. Um, there was no belt on the line here. I think, like I said, this was just a stay-busy fight for... for Jaime Mungi at the at the 160 pound division. Let's go through the the stats real quick. You know I like to pronounce these guys' names properly. So the challenger from Argentina, Gonzalo Gaston Correa, nickname El Mago. Somebody look up what El Mago means, please. El Mago from Argentina. He has a record of 21 wins with only eight knockouts. So obviously he's a, more of a boxer, not, not uh, definitely not, not a power puncher. Um, that is less than a, that's only like a, a 30% KO rating. Um, so not, not very high, definitely not, not a power puncher. Um, and he went up against, sorry, Jaime Mangui, but I want to pronounce his full name properly. So, his full name is Jaime Aaron Monguia Escobedo. Now that is a cool now sounding name. Jaime Aaron Monguia Escobedo. Jamie Monguia from Mexico. His record, okay, so El Mago is Spanish for the magician. Thank you very much, Mr. Barrington. Greatly appreciated. Good morning on this Sunday morning here. Um, <clears throat> Jaime Manguia, his record is 41 wins with 33 knockouts. <laughs> that is an 80% uh, knockout uh, knockout percentage. So if you fight this guy, 80% chance you're getting stopped. And uh, power puncher too with those punches. He's a, I mean, it's kind of a, a, a um, it's easy to say, you know, people throw this term around all the time, like a, a boxer puncher or a puncher boxer they're kind of intertwined but like sometimes you'll you'll get a guy that um is a you know he, he they try to show their boxing skills but really what they're just trying to do is take your head off and then there's other guys who don't necessarily have the technical skill and all they can rely on is really trying to take your head off so it, that that comes with experience of watching to 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 be able to tell which one is rich because there's a difference there's a difference and um, the challenger, Mr. Correa, he's one of those guys that tries to, to, to fight with power, but with only eight KOs in 21 matches, he should stick to more of, of, of trying to be a boxer than, than, a, than a puncher. Let's get through those picks now, please. Um, the only pick I, from the fight picks, you know, it's funny, man, because some, sometimes I don't know who's in charge of taking the picks beside the ring, but. They don't always have the best ones. I can only find one of the picks that uh, that um, Corey actually landed a punch on uh, on on, uh, on Mungia. Even though it was only three rounds, let's just go through it real quick. First round, I gave all three rounds to Mungia. Uh, Mungia knocked down straight right from Korea. Oh, countering off a of straight right uh, from from Korea. So. The challenger, Correa, he was um, Gonzalo. Actually, I'm going to call him Gonzalo. That sounds Usually I call them by their last name, but Gonzalo, that sounds cool. I'm going to call him that. That's his first name. 
Gonzalo is a southpaw. I mean, he stands with his right foot forward, right shoulder forward. Jaime Munguia is orthodox, left foot forward, left shoulder forward. Um, near the end of the first round, Gonzalo threw a jab. Munguia slipped it into a, a straight right hand down the middle and dropped Korea. So that made it eight to uh, obviously a 10 8 round once you get dropped. The second round, <clears throat> I also marked it as a 10 8 round. Munguia is just in that seek and destroy. That's another form. Like sometimes you can tell, again, in a match, you know, the first first two rounds might be a little bit boring for people to watch because both guys are just trying to feel each other out. But then there's cases where where um, a boxer is not is not trying to feel out to see what you're going to do. He just has the mentality mentality of seek and destroy, <laughs> just straight up coming after you, cutting cutting you off, and coming forward. And the only thing that's going to stop is you doing lateral movement or getting out of the way. But if you stand there, it's it's, it's going to be a war. Um, and Gonzalo does not have the power to go to war. <laughs> so that was his downfall. He did land a couple punches, um, as you see as we go through the picks here. He did land land uh, one or two good ones, but um, not not enough to, to get the respect from uh, from Mr. Monguia. Maybe we could flip through a few more picks here. Um, round three. Also, uh, oh, round three was the, was the end was the end of it. That was the the seek and destroy round. Um, Gonzalo knew what what to, what he was facing. He he like mentally, physically, I think he could have continued. Physically, I think he could have continued, but mentally, he knew that there was nothing that he had to offer. Um, he knew he had nothing to offer Mungia that was going to slow slow down um, slow down the attack. So it was good for the referee to stop it in that third round there. Um, and, yeah, like I said, this was more of a, of a stay-busy fight for, for Mr. Mungia. Let me pull up the rankings here, the boxing rankings, and see where, where he would go next. So the middleweight division at 160 pounds, 72.57 kilos. Um, one, let's see where Mr. Mungia ranks. So in the Ring Magazine, which I have a problem with Ring Magazine because they – don't have Devin Haney up in there for some reason. Uh, so, you know what? F Ring Magazine. We're not going to talk about their rankings. The WBA has Jaime Munguia at number two. They have Triple G as the number one guy still. I don't really agree with Triple G as being the number one guy. My man, Mike, what up? What up? Um, I don't agree with Triple G as being the number one guy anymore. Just as uh, um, because of his performance, his last performance against Canelo. Now I'm wondering if he, if they have him at the number one spot, does he actually have those belts, or they just have him ranked there? That's what I'm wondering. Anyways, so in the WBA rankings, Jaime uh, uh, Mungia is ranked number two. I think him and Chris Eubanks Jr. would be a good fight. Um, Chris Eubanks Jr. Uh, Ryota Morata gave Triple G a few good rounds there. This this punch landed right here. This is like probably the only. No, I shouldn't say the only one, because at the end of the fight, um, Mangia he had a little mark, like another little one, a, a big mark underneath his right eye. This punch that you see is here is landing on the left side of his face. So that that uh, maybe was the second punch that he got hit with. Um, but he did have a little little mark under underneath his right eye. So Cora, if he if he did have power, this yeah, this pick goes to show you, if if Gonzalo actually had power, 
this punch landed right here would have would have done some serious damage to uh to Munguia. Um obviously Gonzalo is a good boxer, you can see by his, the accuracy of his punches, but the power not so much, not so much. All right, back to the rankings. W in the WBC has Jaime Munguia ranked as number 2. Carlos Adamas and Jamel Charlo are, red, are ahead of him. This guy, Carlos Ad Adamas, Adams or Adamas, it's A-D-A-M-E-S. So however you pronounce that, Adam Adamas. This is one of those guys that, that comes, that sneaks up through the division. Because I don't know what country he's from. I don't know what country he's from, either South America or, or overseas. But he's one of those guys that... that sneaks up in the ranks so you're not gonna because he's not really on social media he doesn't really do a lot of interviews so i told you about these guys that don't speak english and don't do a lot of interviews they could kind of sneak up behind people without without people noticing them right and this guy carlos adamas is ranked number one wbc <clears throat> now the thing that i keep hearing about him is that he is one of the hardest punchers out there the skill level is not is not there but he makes up for him. He makes up for it with his power, and this is coming from the the people that spar him. I just was listening to an interview with uh, what's his name, Fernando Vargas, his son. He has three sons that box right now, but one of the sons just fought, and he was just on uh, on a show the other day, and he said he spars with, with Carlos Animas, and he said he's one of the hardest. Like people don't like to spar with him because, you know, in sparring you can, you can kind of control your power, right? It's just well, depending if you're getting ready for a big fight, then you kind of go harder, but like. Just in general, sparring, you kind of want to go a little bit lighter. But guys like Carlos Adamas, from, from what I understand, there's no light punching with him. It's all power trying to take your head off. Um, and that's, you know, that's that's good uh, to get people ready for fights. That's why people like sparring him. And um, But again, at the highest level, you need the skills to match up your power. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Anyways, I bring Carlos's name up because that would be a, a good potential opponent for Mr. Munguia. Although financially, I don't think it would be that uh, that profitable because, again, Munguia don't speak English. He's a very good boxer, um, ranked high, but he don't speak English. So, so he doesn't really do a lot of interviews, so people don't really promote him. So when you're scrolling through your social media, his name's not going to pop up as much. Same thing with Ryota, Ryota Morata from Japan. Good fighter, too, but, you know, nobody really knows him. Uh, who else we got? Who else we got? All the rest of the names are a bunch of... European guys that no really knows in the WBC. Um, the IBF, well, I kind of have questions about them too. They don't even have, oh, they have they have Munguia ranked all the way down at number eight. Who do you got in front of them? Vincenzo, Gutierrez, Patrice, Volney, Martin. Who are all these guys? Yo, IBF, you guys, Esquiva Falco is number two. Who the hell? Anyways, I got to look into this IBF rankings. I've never even heard of most of these guys here. Uh, WBO, the champion, they have Jaime Munguia at number one. The top guy is Janabek, the boogeyman, who didn't look so much like a boogeyman last week. <laughs> but Janabek from Kazakhstan with a Kazakh style. Um, yeah, yeah, he's number one. They got Chris Eubanks Jr. down at number four. Carlos Adamus at number five. Number two is vacant. Jaime Munguia is ranked number one or second, I guess, the challenging one at WBO. Oh, we got a few comments here. Mike Emilio. Okay, that's his name. Emilio Vargas. He's the one that sparred Carlos Adamas and said that, you know, every punch is hard. 
So he keeps you on your toes. Um, Adamus gives 100% sparring just like in the ring. Yes, he definitely does. That's because Mangia is a nine-year pro and still hasn't fought any anyone big. Yes, yes, yes. Um, now, with that being said, thank you for that, Mike. Um, you got to look at, uh, at at where they started and 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 what the goal is. Because, for example, you know, you said he he's been a pro for nine years and hasn't fought anybody yet. Maybe they are still. I don't know this. I'm I'm just giving them the benefit of uh, of the doubt. Box Rec says Korea was ranked at 67th. What do you mean at 67th? 67th number out of 100 or something like that. Come on, give me give me some more detail on that comment there. Anyways, um, Jaime Mangia. I lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. Jaime Mangia at the 160 pound division. His promoters are protecting them like he should have been calling out, calling out Charlo Triple G by now already. Oh yes, thank you for reminding me. Um, they after the fight, uh, Jaime Mangia said that he was looking next year to fight Triple G. That I think I mean, that a couple of years ago, Triple G would have been the overwhelming favorite. Now, judging by Triple G's performance, judging by Triple G's performance against Canelo, I think the odds if if Mungia and Triple G fought each other would be a lot closer. Definitely would be a lot closer. Uh, Gonzalo was ranked 67th before that fight world ranking. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean. I wonder how that fight came about. Like, they had to pick a guy that was 67th. <laughs> like, you couldn't pick a guy in the, at least in the 20s just for a, just for a tune-up fight. Anyways, I guess who whoever's available at the time and for not that much money, too. Um, so, anyways, going back to the development, some guys take a little bit longer to, to develop than others. For example, an example would be, like, if you didn't have a, a deep amateur career, then they would they would give you some more when you turn pro they would give you some more c level and b level competition before you step up to to a a perfect example is Deontay Wilder you know Deontay Wilder only had i'm pretty sure like 2 years amateur experience two or 3 years at the most amateur experience and within that 3 years he won a bronze medal at the olympics that shows you how far his power took him because that's obviously his main attribute is his power. But, you know, just because you have power does not make you win fights. But when you have that extra gear of power, that's when you can win a bronze medal at the Olympics. <laughs> so, anyways, my whole point of bringing Wilder up is that he, he probably had probably like 35, 40 fights before he he stepped up in competition. And he did well. You know, the only person that took him out was, was, was Tyson Fury. Other than that, other than that, Everybody else went to sleep with Deontay Wilder. So um, as far as and Jaime Mungia, he's kind of along the same path too. So when you say he's been a pro for nine years and hasn't fought nobody yet, yes, yeah, yeah that's true. That is true. Um, he did fight a Canadian though a couple of fights ago. So shout out to the shout out to, to, to the Canadian. I forgot his name, but I was going for him. My heart was going for him. <laughs> um so yeah, man, Jaime Mangia. He was calling out Triple G, but eh, I don't know. I don't know how much of an exciting fight that would be now. Like that last fight with Triple G, man. 
I don't like to accuse fighters of just taking fights just for a paycheck. I really don't like to do that. I don't like to do that. However, that 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 fight with Triple G and Canelo, I don't know, man. I, I honestly, the way that Triple G was not trying, I honestly believe he he, he took that fight already knowing he was going to lose and just wanted one last big paycheck because he's not getting another. He's not. No one, you know, Canelo, whoever fights Canelo, that's your biggest paycheck of your career. So he already fought him twice. He probably just wanted one more big paycheck and just wanted to survive and not get knocked out so he can continue his career and fight other guys and still get some good good paychecks. But someone like Jaime Munguia, um, well, actually, Canelo said some dumb stuff, too, talking about he'll, he'll never fight another another Mexican that is so dumb. Like boxing is boxing, man. Like the only situation, there's only one situation that I that I could understand why the person didn't want to fight the other person, and it was an acceptable reason. The Klitschko brothers, when one of them was the champion, the other brother, like technically because of the rankings, the other brother was the was the number one challenger. Like obviously, you're not gonna fight your brother, man. Like that's that's the only situation where you know I think it would be acceptable for the two number one and number two guys not to fight each other. If you're actually blood brothers, that's the only situation. But Canelo talking about he he'll, he'll never fight another Mexican and da da da. Like, come on, man. Like who? And then he's talking about, you know, anyways, this is not a Canelo show. I can make a whole thing. And much respect to Canelo has a good career, but some of his comments lately have been, been kind of suspect. So it's been kind of suspect. Um, so, I'm just I'm just going I'm just going off who who I think JB Mungia should fight next. Where's all the comments at? Shout out to Mike. Shout out to, to Eddie Barrington. Where are your comments? Where where do you think who do you think uh, Mungia should fight next? Um, there's lots of guys that would be good fights for him. Demetrius Andrade. Hmm. Demetrius Andrade has been looking for someone. For those of you that don't remember, Demetrius Andrade has, was the guy that uh, showed up to the Canelo press conference. And uh, caused some commotion a couple of fights ago. My only problem with Demetrius Andre again, he he didn't capitalize off of that because after when he showed up that, to that Canelo press conference and was talking all that trash, you know the whole boxing world was talking about it. All the podcasts I listened to, everyone was talking about Andre Demetrius Andre. So he had he had a lot of people talking about him, and then he didn't follow up on it. He didn't do any interviews. He didn't schedule a fight anytime soon after that. He did have a fight scheduled and, and then backed out of it for some reason. I don't know. I'm sure he had a valid reason, but he didn't. My whole point is he didn't capitalize off of the 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 extra popularity that he got from that Canelo press conference when he tried to crash it. Um, Chris Eubanks Jr. Yes, yes, I've mentioned that before. Jaime Munguia versus Chris Eubanks Jr. That you know that's actually probably the best one financially for both fighters and financially. Because that win, that win would be a, um, a good win on both of those guys' resumes, and also financially, Chris. I'm assuming that fight would be in the UK. Chris, Chris Eubanks Jr. is very, very popular over there. Probably having at that that O2 Arena or Wembley Stadium, one of them big ass stadiums where they got like eighty thousand people. I don't know if this fight's gonna garner eighty thousand people, but probably you know them, them UK people, man. They love their boxing, football soccer football and boxing those guys those guys much respect to the uk boxing fans because they 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 really show up um 
So yeah, Chris Eubanks Jr. versus Jaime Munguia is what I'm looking for next. He'd become the number one contender. Or are you talking about Carlos Adamas would be the number one contender? Or Jaime? Anyways, all those guys, Munguia, Chris Eubanks Jr., Adamas, they're all in the top five. They're all in the top five. Eubanks Jr. ranked number two under Triple G. Uh, yes, for by the WB. I got, I got the rankings up here on my other laptop. Um, the Ring Magazine, even though F the Ring Magazine, uh, they have no champion. They got Triple G number one, Charlo second, Andre third, Mungia fourth. WBA has Triple G and Irislandi Lara as their two champions. In brackets, it says S and R. I don't know what that means. Um, anyways, Chris Eubanks Jr. number is the number one ranked guy, and Mungia is right behind him. They got Sergio Martinez in there too. Please don't tell me this is the same Sergio Martinez like from 15 years ago who retired, this better not be the same Sergio Martinez, man. That guy must be close to 50. How is he ranked number three? No, nah, that has to be a different Sergio Martinez. That has to be a different one. Uh, who else we got? WBC got Charlo number one, Adamus number two, and uh, Jaime Munguia number three. Chris Eubanks Jr. is right underneath that. Um, IBF, yeah, I question them. These guys got some random names up in here, these random European guys. I've never seen fight before. And the WBO, I mentioned before, they got uh, the boogeyman Janabek as their champion, Jaime Munguia number two, Chris Eubanks Jr. all the way at number four. So, yeah, let's go with uh, number five rank is Dura, Durachenko. Um, Durachenko is another good competitor. Durachenko is one of those guys that would give you a very good fight but once again, nobody really knows who he is. So financially, it, it went. Um, it'll get you the experience. Fighting a guy like like uh, like Sergey Derevchenko will get you will give you great experience inside the ring, just not financially. Um, but you need both, man. You know, just because you're not just taking big fights and beating up bums. Because once you some you at some point in time you're going to get exposed if you're not at that level. So, yeah. So, there we have it. Um, there we have it as far as that fight goes. Uh, I got to give, yeah, this was this was the knockdown. I think this was the knockdown that, uh, that, um, that stopped the fight. Sorry, voice text spelled his name wrong. No, it's all good. I knew you were talking about. <laughs> That's a pretty distinctive name, Derevyevchenko. Um, so, there you have it. That it that is it for uh, for the pro for the pros. Before I forget, you can take uh, take those picks off now. Um, I got to give a shout out. Well, yeah, yeah, perfect pick right there, Jamie McGee, the winner. Um, I got to give a shout out to uh, the Canadian youth boxing team right now. Specific, a big shout out to one of my former boxers, Marie Almadia. She is. Um, she just came back actually from a tournament over over in uh, some. I forget what country it was, but an international tournament where she beat. She won the gold medal. She beat England's uh, national champion and last year's European champion. Oh, that's what it was. The European Championships. Marie Alamadia from Windsor, fighting out of Montreal now. Um, she won the gold medal at the European Championships this morning. This right now, the the youth, the Canadian youth team is in uh, Spain 
at the Youth World Championships. And um, she won her first uh, fight this morning against Mexico. She won four to one. It was close. It was close, but um, the girl from Mexico was a lot busier. No, sorry, well, not a lot busier. The girl was busier and coming with that, you know, like, like Triple G was saying, that Mexican style just coming, coming forward. But Marie is so technically sound. Marie didn't throw as much, but the punches that she did land were accurate, cleaner. Je de pied, her good, she had good footwork moving around. Still wish she threw a, little, a few more jabs and a few more, a few more fakes in there. But the way she boxed, like every time she boxes, you know, she gets better and better. She works her ass off. And um, her brother Kiyoma better watch out because she she might get a few more medals than him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Marie. Shout out to the whole Canadian youth boxing team. Um, let's get her on knuckle up female Friday. Yes, yes, we will definitely do that. We'll definitely do that. All right, all right. I'm out. Thank you very much. If you haven't pressed the like button, please do that right now. And please share it too. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm here every Sunday, 9.30 a.m. If you can't catch the show live, you could catch it, catch the replay on any form of podcast that you listen to. Shout out to the Talk and Fight Boxing YouTube channel, number one boxing YouTube channel out there. You can hit me up also at Cedric Sports Training on YouTube or at Cedric Sports on any social media. Yeah. All right, man. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.